Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing Extinction Rebellion. Peter, go for us. What do we want to talk about with Extinction Rebellion? So recently, uh, Extinction Rebellion appeared on a publication by the uh, Counterterrorism Policing Southeast, who are uh, they're, they're a counterterrorism organisation uh, affiliated with very south southeastern uh, police uh, organisations, um, which uh, s- suggests it's not uh, so. It's not they weren't they didn't appear just for the clear just for the avoidance of doubt they didn't appear on the official list of banned or terrorist organizations that is controlled by the home office and other uh, another central government but it was mm. they appeared on a, a, a sort of local publication um uh and they were this they the, the main the main controllers of the official terrorism list they they distanced themselves from this etc but obviously this this attracted a lot of uh, a lot of criticism particularly uh, notably from Keir Starmer and other sort of top politicians, that this is a, this is a slightly ridiculous thing to 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 happen because mm-hmm. they are they 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 manifestos that they are completely non-violent, etc. Albeit disruptive, they're non-violent. Um, okay. And indeed, they they really do not sort of qualify as a uh, terrorism organization based on the official criteria that the that the home office prevent program uses mm-hmm. um so yeah so the question really is well okay why why did this happen was that a useful thing to do and in more general terms is is the is, what is terrorism what is extremism and are they useful as labels yeah okay um and that's what i want to go i'm sure we're gonna um break this down is is with prevent how they how do they define terrorism um but you mentioned the first thing there how how did that happen do we do we really want to go into that or do we just want to go straight onto the onto the you know what is a terrorist thing uh we we i don't feel i'm qualified to go into that in well, i don't know why they put them there uh, other than they, they, this was a part of a public a, a wider publication describing things that people should look out for uh, amongst people's behavior that might be indicative of um ide- certain ideologies and things so if someone so. starts talking about wanting to plant a tree or something it's an <laughs> yes. indicator that they immediately could be, yeah. it could, could be, be islamic being extremist yeah yeah by uh by extinction rebellion yeah uh, just so just for you go just so you sorry, just say peter i'll keep my eye on nick okay just in case he's a terrorist or, you know in case <laughs> and and nick you and yeah. i we can if we all watch out for each exactly. other, we can have yeah. an iron vigilance. Yeah, and you two can yeah. keep an eye well, out on me. Well, that, 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 well, yeah. I mean, we we jest, but it's like <laughs> I, I, something I'd like to go into at some point, maybe now, is that, like to what, what to what degree is do we have a sort of social responsibility beyond like preventing harm through violent action, etc. Mm. But what to what extent do we have a sort of social responsibility to prevent people from subscribing to ideologies that cause them to be particularly close-minded or, mm. or um uh resistant to rational scrutiny and sort of introspection well i think let, let, let's hop straight to that because it's a difficult one to discuss if we're sort of you know three uh middle class white males sort of middle you know 
it's it's a tricky one because they tend not to be the people who become terrorists. I'm sure that's not <laughs> quite I'm sure that's not quite the right way to put it. But um, yeah, I don't I, feel any responsibility because it just does, it seems really unlikely to me. I know, but you but perhaps though thought experiment you would um your you have you had if you had a neighbour who suddenly became very very. Uh, um, their behaviours only changed. Well, their yeah, behaviours only changed, but they they started believing absolutely in Scientology or some other some other slightly questionable belief, yeah. and they started you know they started indoctrinating their children and they yeah. closed themselves off from society and they they were suffering sort of not only materially and and sort of you know socially but also perhaps sort of mentally and and you would feel some sort of responsibility. I would. In, I would. You know, perhaps. Helping them challenge their beliefs in a way, and and sort of helping them try to consider other things. Yes, I would. I think. Yeah. So I think there's this whole category of questions here about whether some beliefs are intrinsically harmful, like whether there are beliefs we actively don't want people to have, quite apart from behaviours. Now, then, there's obviously the question of whether there's a link between those behaviours and the and the beliefs themselves, and I think that's where we get you know we get that distinction between extremism and terrorism so terrorism is a is a set of acts and extremism is broadly as a set of sort of beliefs um but i think it's probably worth looking at some of the definitions that people have for those things so that we can start to you know work out whether or not that meaningfully distinguishes something <clears throat> and then i think we can get back to those questions of well is it bad you know um so the now the the uk government has an official definition of extremism which is used to among other things sort of you know stop people entering the country and stuff mm. like that um the so it's from the counter extremism strategy in 2015 and it's is this it says extremism is the vocal or active opposition to our fundamental values including democracy the rule of law individual liberty and respect and tolerance for different faiths and beliefs we also regard calls for the death of members of our armed forces as extremist that feels a bit tacked on to me i think they probably realized that um that that wasn't somehow covered but mm. anyway they they uh yeah so that's that and, and so that's um that's the definition of extremism and you can see it leaves quite a few questions unanswered like mm. what our fundamental values are yeah and and it also i think some of the people we think of, of as extremist so certain far-right groups for example probably quite vocally support things like the rule of law and democracy mm. um and uh, and and so I, I I think the key you know when people disagree about whether or not we should regard something as extremist it comes down to that issue of what fundamental values are and and the the definition by itself doesn't really tackle that probably because it's pretty hard to do that um, so that's that's extremism right so so um, it's defined in terms of opposition. It doesn't mention, um, except for this business of, of calling for the death of members of the armed forces, mm. it doesn't, in the definition, mention violence particularly. So it doesn't say, it doesn't say that, you know, calling for violent action is, you, is a necessary component. So you, you might be vocally opposed to our fundamental values, uh, whatever that means. Mm. You might be vocally opposed to democracy. You might be a hardcore monarchist, for example, mm. and, and think that we should dissolve the Houses of Parliament and just have supreme rule by the Queen. So re like Rhys Mogg does. Uh, well, <laughs> the, the, so, you know, if now that would be technically would be extremist. So, you know, yeah. by this definition, because mm. if, or if you were an anarchist, for example, that would make you an extremist. Even if you were non -vi committed to a non-violent way of, of pursuing that, 
yeah so that's the, that's the definition of extremism uh, and then separately there's there's um in the terrorism act 2006 there's a definition of terrorism which is very much based on actions and that's the uh, terrorism is much more straightforward to identify i think it's basically a violent action that endangers a person's life uh, involves serious violence against a person causes serious damage to property creates a serious risk etc um but uh, it has to be designed in order to be terrorism to influence the government or intimidate the public mm. to to advance some sort of political, religious, or ideological cause. So, so you've got the two things, right? Now, I, as far as I can tell, that the the two concepts of extremism, which is of course about beliefs, uh, primarily or at least vocally expressed beliefs, and terrorism, which is about actions are kind of muddled up uh, by by the government. I so so I've been trying to find a list of um, groups who are extremist and, you know, a group, a list of groups who are terrorist, for example. And I can't seem to find. Um, so there, there are documents like the ones that Peter's referred to, which are which list extremist groups, but that doesn't seem to have any legal force behind it. And then there are prescribed terrorist groups. So there are groups which are actually uh, on the terrorist list and and but the confusingly the the document which i found which, which is um you know, published by the um uh by the home office uh actually says uh, this document lists the extremist groups or organizations banned under uk law so even though there is this definition of extremism that they, mm. they seem to sort of quite happily elide the distinction between extremism and terrorism and um, and assume they're the same thing um which I, I guess, you know, then there's a question of whether or not, you know, can a terrorist be, is, are, are you necessarily extremist if you're a terrorist? Like, is there something about advocating, uh, using violence to pursue an, an aim, which is intrinsically makes you an extremist, according to that definition? Um, uh, that would only be true if, uh, if our fundamental values include not using violence to do stuff which you might think was true. So anyway, I, I guess what I'm saying is, um, yeah, the, the definition of extremism is about beliefs, but it seems to me that the government seems to sort of just forget the fact that that's quite different to the definition of terrorism. And there's this kind of blurring and an assumption that they're all the same thing. Um, so there we are. Anyway, that's where we are on the definitions. Uh, I, and then I, well, I think there's another another organisation worth bearing in mind, which is the Global Terrorism Database, mm. who are the one of the best databases in the world. Um, absolutely brilliant, uh, extremely comprehensive list of every terrorist incident that mm. has happened since 1970, and um, uh, largely hand coded. So the hand the individual you know co coders read the events, they look at the news, and they decide what they should put in each of the fields. Yeah. Um, and they so to get into that, if you want to get your terrorist incident into the global terrorism database, what you've got to do is it's got to be intentional. Uh, so the perpetrator has to have intended the the thing to have happened. It's got to be violent in some way, or at least involve a threat of violence. Uh, and and you have to be a subnational actor. So states aren't allowed to commit terrorism according to the global terrorism database. But they also have you've got to you've also got to so even now you're not in you've still got to do two more two yeah. out of the following three yeah to get into the gtd first it's got to be aimed at attaining a political economic religious or social goal okay right uh it's got to be evidence of an intention to coerce intimidate or convey some other message to a larger audience so which is quite an interesting element so so what they're saying here is that 
the terrorist act cannot be the end in itself. You're not yeah. doing it because you want to kill a particular person, for example. You're doing it because you want to send a message. Yeah. Uh, and the third criterion is that it's got to be outside of the context of legitimate warfare um, okay. and uh, the parameters permitted by international humanitarian law. So so it's tricky. Uh, you know, you, you I mean, if you're a non-state actor, you don't really have much else to fall back on. I mean, you can't conduct war. So if you want to be violent as a non-state actor and achieve some political aims... Um, you, you, you're going to be a terrorist by definition. Uh, so, for example, ISIS, I think, declared war on Israel uh, at least once. And um, But ISIS, of course, aren't recognised as a state. So mm-hmm. what everything they do is going to be considered to be uh, terrorism. Whereas if they if they were recognised as a state, then then stuff they did would, would be would become, you know, just good old fashioned warfare. Yeah, I mean, it poses some interesting questions because it makes you think of some of those, for example, you know, the horrible, tragic mass shootings that you get in the US for example some of those just seem to be let's say like Columbine arguably most famous of them seems to be fairly kind of without any kind of reason whereas there are some um, attacking a mosque for example Mm. which seems like it would fit into that definition so that's one side of it but also what about state-sponsored terrorism so it's not actually the state but supporting you know Hezbollah for example who I presume are classed as a terrorist group um, I don't know about them, but yeah. or, or, I, mean, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of examples of, yeah. of state sponsorship of uh, quite high profile terrorist groups. Uh, Peter, want to jump in here with anything? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> well, no. I, got, I okay. do have some data on uh, different terrorist groups and their motivations, which I think could might shed some light on what we're kind of dealing with. Yeah, okay. So I looked at the Global Terrorism Database, the mm. aforementioned GTD, mm. uh, one of the best databases in the world, look it up, uh, and um, looked at, the over the last 20 years, all the terrorist attacks in the UK versus all the ones in the US, mm. and tried to look at um, who, who, who were the most prolific terrorists and who were the deadliest terrorists. Um, so in the UK, do you want to have a stab at who the most prolific ter- category of terrorists are? category of terrorists yeah think of a i mean you, you, you have a guess and you'll be i mean northern I'll, ireland i mean are we talking about that kind yeah, of thing yeah by far and away in the uk northern ireland uh terror there's been about 400 terrorist attacks by northern irish related groups. since when sorry in over what since period 2000 since 2000 wow. yeah um and uh whereas we are the uh you know the always terrifying islamist groups uh, mm. have only conducted 23 mm. and then we have some other possibly surprising things so the far right 28 so they've they've the far right have committed more terrorist acts than islamists mm-hmm. um anarchists responsible for 19 terrorist attacks animal rights people 16 so so essentially it's northern ireland and the rest yeah uh, but when you start looking at the deadliness of these attacks the islamists come out way ahead because of largely 77 okay. so so largely because of that one attack the the islamists on average per attack kill four people whereas everyone else is is the i mean way below zero so uh, sorry way below one so the far right on average kill one one person for every 10 terrorist attacks mm. And um, then that goes right down to, to um, you know, anarchists haven't killed anyone. And, um, yeah. So, I would have thought and, Northern and, Ireland would be relatively animal low rights. as well. Yeah, yeah. Northern Ireland terrorism kills about one about one person every 10 attacks. So, yeah. so, yeah, you're looking at prolific is not the same as deadly in the context of... So you've got two ways of, 
of um of you know being scary as a terrorist group but um in total which is i guess what we're interested in islamists have killed more people killed 100 people whereas in northern ireland uh, only about 40 in the same period so if we'd have a look at the us now yeah it's a very similar pattern islamists have committed 80 terrorist attacks Mm. in that 20 year period Mm. uh, whereas the far right have committed 142 Mm. um then then again a bunch of sort of uh, hangers on which are the environmentalists 72 terrorist attacks and animal rights um anti-abortion 33 uh black nationalist groups a mere 14 um but once again when you look at deadliness it's uh, very different so you're i'm gonna take it oh, yeah okay go september on. the 11th oh, okay massively ups their average uh, with a with so they have a death rate of about 30 about 40 people per attack but of course, that's almost all skewed uh, by yeah. yeah September the eleventh. Um, the far right actually are much deadlier in the in the US. They, they on average kill one just over one person per attack. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously, this is small sample effects. But you'll be surprised to hear that radical incels, involuntary celibate people, okay. they they kill on average five people per attack. But that's because. And this is so comes is it, back is to your point. Frustrated people who yeah, frustrated want... men. This comes very much back to your point of uh, you know someone who's a school shooter and just wants to kill their classmates. Yeah, they're just they're just a school shooter. They're just a murderer. But someone who does it and says they're doing it on behalf of incels the world over becomes a terrorist. Gets into the database and so yeah, these are shootings by people who are say any... you know they're they're doing it on behalf of oppressed you know men who are being okay. oppressed by women or are there any flat earthists in, in there. Uh, no, I, I don't. Flat Earthists are not as far as, in, as, far as the database is concerned, particularly uh, violent in right. their, in their okay. pursuit of. It, it, yeah, so now yet. Peter's going to say that he, uh, you know, he he would probably he'd probably prefer Islamists to to flat Earthers because he's got a real downer on those guys. He does. He doesn't like them, yeah. does he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, look. I guess in that we've delved into just the different kind of terrorists that you are that you can have. Um and I, I mean I guess they can be split up, yeah we can split up thematically um and we've explored this sort of you know what's the difference between a lone shooter will that lone shooter become something else when in, when they've got a cause where are we with all this we've uh, we've well, talked yeah. about what is an extremist what is a terrorist should we be watching out for around us for terrorists uh, Peter we, we we've not really uh, we've not really as usual in typical Aleph insight style not really tackled the actual question we posted at the head of the at the head of the I forgot what it was it was well, yeah, well, it's it like about well, extinction they, rebellion wasn't is, it is 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 terrorism is extremism are they are these useful labels right um uh so from a sort of pragmatic point of view so we don't like them so they 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 they're bad for business they're bad for bad for life and productivity in in the country so we 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 legislate against we need to, we feel we we need to legislate against people doing bad things and being motivated to do, to do bad things because they might end up doing bad things right so we need to give them a label we need to give them some sort of legal label that we can say right you are you, you, we think you're a terrorist so we are going to watch you surveil you possibly mm. arrest you um uh but from so from a from that pragmatic point of view yes they are useful and they're necessary mm. but um in terms of like uh wider things um wider society you know wider life are, are you know are they detrimental 
is it a problem to be label people as terrorists? Well, I'm going to disagree with Peter's premise here. Uh, what he said was that it was a useful distinction, and I'm going to say I don't think it is. Um, murderers, you know those guys. You know mm. murderers. Mm. Yeah, you've heard of them. They kill uh, around about, I think there's a, something of, of the order of 700, 800 murders a year in Britain, right? Which makes them about 20 times deadlier than um, than terrorists. Now, you, we if those murderers were to get together and form something called Murderers for Death or something, call it a, call it a group and start saying murdering people was great, right? Mm. Hey, presto, they would become a terrorist group. Mm. Um, and, you know, if they said, right, all you've got to do to get into our gang is, is commit a murder, and hey, presto, you're, you're automatically part of the group. You know, they switch from being just a bunch of murderers to being uh, labelled as a terrorist group. Uh, so what? Like, my view would be, I don't, as far as I'm concerned, it, like that wouldn't be worse. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be better, but it wouldn't be worse. Uh, than what the current situation, you know, I I don't I don't see what it why it particularly helps, um, you know, saying that terrorism is worse somehow than an equivalent act committed just in isolation or without that intent to to affect um, other other people. Um, I'm not sure that it is considered worse. I well, think it is because there's special kind of... legislation. I mean, if you if you're a terrorist, you get worse. You get more worse. Well, you could argue that there's penalties. special legislation for murderers because we we've, we've got sort of. We've no, because because it goes, which... because if you're a murderer, you're you're going to get a lighter sentence than if you do something which is a terrorist act. Is that is that the case? Well, yeah, that's that's why they've got the separate legislation. It's not just murder, is it? If you can commit a terrorist attack, there's a whole terrorist act which um, makes terrorism yeah, but is a that worse born, offense. Is that born out? Well, it's certainly not a lighter offense. Otherwise, is, we'd all yeah, be terrorists. They're equivalent. They're sort of roughly equivalent. Well, they're not because they're, one includes the other, doesn't it? I mean, if you if you if you um, like those those two guys who murdered that soldier, you know they 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 would consider terrorism and terrorists and were treated more harshly uh, as a result than just murderers, because right? So, and what I'm saying is, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. Well, maybe, I just don't get why maybe, why that adding pasting on an intent to to affect some kind of social change or political change. Why why that makes it worse? because yeah. well, maybe 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 the the intent is that it acts as a deterrent against that kind of thinking. So we say, well, well we're going to sting you for we're going to we're going to prosecute you for a, a murder like charge, and you're going to go away for life. Um, and but also we're going to tack on some more uh, more punishment because you're motivated for this reason in the hope that other people who see that witness this go okay so I was about to become a terrorist but actually it, it, it I I'm dissuaded from thinking like that because I'll go I get a job in Greg's instead I'll get a job yeah. in Greg's I'll, uh, but I, I'm dissuaded from I'm dissuaded from it because it, 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 I I'll, I know I'll be penalised to a greater extent so it's like a war on that I, the idea I, of I being think that sounds very plausible to me because I think the idea being that murderers in general are deterred by quite different things so if your motivation is social or political change yeah you 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 know you might well you you there are other ways of dealing with that you know there are non maybe non-violent methods of pursuing that um whereas if you want to kill someone the only way you can do that really as far as i know is to kill them yeah, yeah. so exactly because you're you're kind of getting to a point that i want to make is that does a do murderers think it's bad to murder 
do they think it's morally wrong to murder? And I, I suspect that after the event, the majority of murderers uh, would say, yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad thing we to do. We wouldn't want that. to make it like a general rule that everyone could go around murdering each other. Yeah. Not even murderers. Not even murderers would think that. Yeah, but I, I think but you're let, underestimating terrorists. But hold on. But wait, suspect, wait, wait, let, me, let me finish. Yeah. But terrorists, after the event, would probably still say, no, it is justified to, to kill someone. They might not want to call it murder, but... Um, it is justified to kill someone because of X, Y, Z injustices, whatever whatever their causes are. That's the difference, right? Yeah, and that's I, maybe okay. why they're penalised uh, more heavily. So I think that they're the death. Let's so let's sort of generally structure that what we're saying. I think as that with a murderer, the death is the end of the action. That's the mm. point of the action. With a terrorist, the murder is like the cost of the of the action, which is actually some kind of other change that you want to affect. Um, so, so, uh, but you know, I would suspect that you know most terrorists wouldn't say, well, the people who died deserve to die in some way, but more that you know the cost uh, is worth the is worth the potential benefit. Now, there's a whole another question about whether uh, terrorism works. I think in general it basically doesn't. Like it doesn't achieve the goals which the terrorists themselves, by and large, want to achieve. Um, and uh, you know, so so, but but I mean that the yeah, I don't I don't think yeah, I don't think terrorists most terrorists would think that they were that there was something good about killing people, uh, mm. by and large. But that you know, it's a necessary evil, yeah. very much like. But that's very similar, um, you know, to the calculations we might have made when we were thinking about bombing German cities during the war, or mm. you know, any other, um, or the using the the atom bomb in in you know Japan. I mean, those kinds of calculations happen. Um, yeah, I don't see that that calculation on behalf of a terrorist would be, you know, would be not, it's not qualitatively dissimilar from the kinds of calculations people make about, you know, risks and benefits when, yeah. they're, when they're doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I felt that, I, you know, I feel that we have sort of got further along than I, I thought we were in the middle of that. Um, so that's good. Um, we need to wrap up fairly uh, swiftly. Um, before we do, um, has anyone got anything they would like to add? I think there's a, there is a bit of an analogy which I thought of, which is uh, just to make things even lighter than, than what we're already discussing, genocide. So I think the similar question here is, like, genocide is, got, is, particularly, is considered particularly bad yeah. by, uh, by the international community. I think there are kind of... You can be, if you're prosecuted for genocide, it's, like, much worse than just, you know, being an average war criminal. Um, and yet, you know, so I... But I don't really get that. I don't... I, I, don't, I don't really understand why it's worse to kill six million people to try and wipe out whatever a race is than it is to just kill six million people which seems pretty bad to me in the first place um so i think that's a to me that it's a similar question i think it is a similar question it goes back to this question of intention and motivation doesn't it yeah and then, and then and peter's question right at the beginning of you know are there beliefs we just don't like like we don't we don't want but there are certain beliefs we're basically punishing the belief which underlies the action um as, as well as yeah, the action because i precisely. think most of the time we don't think of beliefs as being something we particularly want to punish but in fact we do mm, we mm. do do that yeah know? no we do yeah peter anything to add well just that that dovetails back to this the idea of the, the in the um official definition of extre- extremism that uh, that relates to our fundamental values and i think probably one of our fundamental values would include a sort of a right to free thought and free expression and so the, the many of the extremist groups they are their their ideology is anti thought and 
um, mm. uh, uh, you know, rationalism. So they're, they're sort of non-rational progressives in that they they have a particular mindset. And if you're if you don't absolutely believe that, you're you're out. You're not in the in group. I Which, I don't know. I'm not. If when you think of the kind of rhetoric of some of the far right groups, I'd say someone like Tommy Robinson or something. You know, they're 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 sort of a, a, one of the things that they claim to oppose is the sort of thought police. You know, is is kind of political correctness getting in the way of you know um, looking at real social problems and stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm persuaded that that sort of terrorist groups are necessarily anti-free thought. I, I think that's a rhetorical turning the problem on its head. To I think they 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 are. I think it's sort of one of the the fundamental facets of that kind of fascism is that it's like um it, it's they, they they're closed but they they've got a particular ideology hmm. and they are dedicated to that and if if you're questioning it then you're not a true believer but, and, uh, and that's it they they, they then sort of attacking the progressive left etc and the and the thought police i think that's just a rhetorical argument okay. that, that, although it does remind me of a few years ago there was this ultra liberal um terrorist essentially um in, in that's the, no way to describe Vince Cable <laughs> <laughs> or Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. yeah. So there was this ultra liberal ter- terrorist uh, in the Netherlands. Um, you know, if you're going to get an ultra liberal terrorist somewhere, it's going to yeah, be yeah, yeah, good know. point. Um, and you know, he was. He, I think he was. I think he was anti-Islamist. You know, and I can't remember if he you committed don't mean he some. Wilders. I, I could be. I don't no, know. Well, he wasn't a. Te- no, they can't. You know, no, no, there yeah. was there was seven. And yeah, and it was along the lines of you know. They're just not liberal, so yeah. Therefore, he would attack them. Yeah, it's a problem. This is what happens Which when, is you, quite when an you start illiberal to thing worry to do. about beliefs uh, as a kind of thing. You can start. It's then it starts to get very problematic. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah. Um, well, look, I don't think we've got time to sort of add anything else. I was going to ask you a question about who's your favourite terrorist or things like that, but I don't think that's appropriate. Um, so yeah, well, like. I know, but if I did have favourite terrorists, it okay. would be those those uh, sort of European left wing groups from the seventies, the right. Bader Meinhof and you know Red Army fraction, the stuff. cool flares. They and... were just very cool. Yeah, they, they had a very good look. Sunglasses, leather jackets. You know, um, what but... were those armor lights or what were those little guns they used to have? Um, so yeah, I mean they were all very unpleasant. I'm not. I mean, mm. but I, I would say I'm not glamorizing, but I sort of am. But they, they, uh, yeah, they, they. I mean, I'd say much, much cooler than you know, your sort of, um, you know, your, um, yeah, American far right types. Or, well, that's put Aleph Insights on the list, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> or the Islamist groups. I don't. I'm not a fan of the facial hair primarily. Yeah. Um, whereas you know the yeah your, your sort of Bader Meinhof group. They're it's true. When you think cool. of when the you Symbionese, th- Symbionese Liberation Army. I mean, you know. But also, Very good looking. another way to think about it is 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 you can't. For example, I think you're right with the uh, the. You don't think of ultra right um, American groups as being very well dressed. I think they probably have really bad fashion. But <laughs> but also, if you were if you want to sort of sit around a dinner table and you know have a sort of you know nice lasagna home cooked and you don't want to be sitting around with the far right people, do you? You want to be yeah with the with the 1970s you know. Yeah. What are they called again? The Bad Meinhof or the yeah, well, yeah yeah. I mean, I, I I know what you mean. I don't know why you, you could chose probably have a wider there. chat. The lasagna has really 
as it's really fixated quite a distinct image there's me with a lasagna in the middle of the table and a bunch of people in sort of brown shirts and swastika armbands sitting about looking grumpy and probably complaining because it's italian food yeah but yeah, yeah no you're right absolutely okay all right uh we'll stop there yeah i think one way or another we sort of nailed that somehow i'm not sure um Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Cockill of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye.